Amen. Well, I want to do this. I want to get ready to share a little uh, Father's Day message with you. And, uh, you know, as I kind of already stated, Father's Day is one of those days where you get to, you know, I've learned a lot as a dad. And, and you, you learn a lot. Thank you so much. You learn a lot uh, quickly. How many of y'all can say that? You have to learn quickly as a parent. But I also understand and I know that not everybody in the room is a parent. And so uh, being a, a younger church and being a younger pastor, I've got a message today that I believe is, is, will definitely minister to fathers and is an appropriate Father's Day message, but I also believe it's for everyone. So before we get to the word, will you one more time, you can stay seated, but just lift up your hands and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity today to preach a message that will minister to every person who's listening. God, I thank you that you will bless and anoint the words that come out of my mouth, that they be yours and not mine, that they penetrate the hearts of every soul within earshot, whether that be podcast, YouTube, Facebook, or those that are in person today. I thank you. I thank you for what you have to say to us. And we receive it by faith. And everybody said? Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Say amen. Thank you, Brother Darrell. Well, I'm excited to talk to you today because being, uh, you know, fatherhood is really important. It's so important, in fact, that, uh, you know, not even in the church world, but just statistically speaking, um, if, you, if you study the statistics uh, of things like incarcerations, you'll understand from just a purely natural standpoint, like not even talking about God, not even talking about scripture, not even talking about all those things, you, you'll, you'll understand very quickly how important dads are in a household. They say this, 85% of children, I am gonna talk about something spiritual before I get to the incarceration statistics, 85% of children will follow the spiritual example set by their father. Not, not, not just talking about mothers, but those set by their father. 85% of children will follow the spiritual example set by their father. Um, and I found this quote. You can look at the statistics and see that incarceration is not discriminatory based on race, but rather the number of incarcerations follows the number of homes without fathers present. Something around this is a little bit of an old statistic, but I'm, I'm sure the numbers are, have, have trended along the same line. About 43% of inmates ha- grew up in a home with a father. So the majority of them do not have a father. Rather, the number of incarcerations follows the number of homes without fathers present. The lowest incarceration rates are among South Koreans and Jewish people who have the highest rates of fathers in the home. Pretty amazing. You know, it's, it's important. And the things that we do as, as parents, you know, because there's a difference between a parent and a mother and father. You know, because, and, and we always, we do a really good job of this in Mother's Day. Uh, on Mother's Day, we always make sure we honor all the women because there, there, are, there are moms. And then there are also those that play the role of mom. That maybe have had to step in and be a mom. And step in and, and take uh, um, to take that role, and that's good to, to honor all those. But the same thing happens with dads. With, with 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 if there's not a father in the home, usually someone someone will will step in and kind of play that role. But but that person, that child, still has a father, even though they may not be a parent. 
And so the Bible says to honor your father or mother. And that's actually uh, quoted in the New Testament. And when Paul quoted it, he clarified this is the first commandment with a promise. Well, what's the promise? That you'll have long life when you honor your father and mother. Well, how do you do that if you don't even know them? How do you do that if you don't even, even know who they are? But there's father and mother. Then there's also parents. Well, what's a parent? A parent is someone who, who uh, um, bestows. Let me give you another verse. The Bible says to uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, it doesn't say to honor your, or it doesn't say to obey your mother and father. It doesn't say to obey your mother and father. It says to obey your parents in the Lord. You know, I mean, because some parents, I mean, thankfully I did not have this experience. I have a great dad. I got to hang out with him yesterday. Uh, to kind of celebrate Father's Day. I, I had a great experience. I had a great father. Taught me a lot of, I mean, wonderful things. So many things I look back on and I, I, I mean, you know, respect and hard work. I mean, my dad taught me how to work when I was young. I mean, he taught me, I mean, you're not, you, you, you were not allowed to be lazy in the Clark household growing up. I mean, you just weren't. That was not, not going to happen. No siree. Well, I also, I, I got to spend, before he passed, many years with my grandfather. Hard worker. I could see how it came from him, passed down through my dad, and my dad instilled that in us. You know, he instilled, they instilled, you instilled, you have the opportunity to instill these things in your children. And I'm grateful for that. But my parents also taught us how to serve the Lord, taught us to go to church, all, all of these things. Well, the highest honor placed on a male is father. It's, it's not used on a woman. That term is not used on a woman. And if you think about it, how special is it that that term father is also one of the ways that God describes himself? Heavenly Father. Pretty powerful. Pretty, pretty big deal if you think about it. To, to be a father. To have that responsibility as a dad, as a, as a father. As a, you know what? The, these are, 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 are my kids. These, these are what God gave me to raise up. Now, again, if you have a situation where maybe you, you don't, you know, uh, your, your parental situation is different, where you don't have a mother and father in the home, what does the Bible say? Obey the, your parents in the Lord. I, I, I didn't have this experience, but I've heard of, 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 of men that say, you know, go in and, you know, hey, you're going to go to the club with me. I'm going to teach you how to drink. I'm going to teach, teach you how to drink. I'm going to teach you. How, well, I mean, what? That, that's not, that's not a, a parent. That may be a father. Do you, do you understand? It may be a, a person who, who, who fathered that child, but they, that may not be a, or is not a parent in the Lord. I'm going to teach you how to smoke, son. I'm going to teach you how to smoke. I'm going to teach you how to do it. I'm going to teach you how to go after girls. Let me show you how to do it. This is how you pick up a girl. Right? And, the, and there are these things that, that are passed on. Well, that's not, I, I, I didn't have that experience, thankfully, but I know, I understand and recognize that there are people that, that have. What do you have? You have a heavenly father. And then you can ask God, ask your heavenly father to put people in your life to show you uh, uh, on the earth, give you a biblical fatherly example of, okay, well then how do I not replicate those same things in my kids? How do I raise up somebody that's different? How do I, how do I, I bring up families that are in a, in a different situation than what I came up in? 
And so what, what I wanted to give you today are what things that Holy Ghost parents do. Things that Holy Ghost men and women, Holy Ghost fathers, what, what do they do? What, what I mean by that is people that are filled with the Holy Spirit that are, are either playing a mother or father uh, role or who are actually mothers and fathers, what do they do? You know, the role of a father, before I get there, let me, the word father comes from uh, the Hebrew Abba or Greek, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, Pater, 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 I don't know. But what, here's some definitions or a way we could describe the word father. Check this out. This should make it pretty clear for you how important the father is and why God uses that word to describe himself. Notice, one of the definitions is source, a source, uh, the source of of something, a nourisher, someone who nourishes, someone who sustains, a provider, a protector, a progenitor, meaning providing of genes, progenitor, founder or foundation, author and maker. These are the the words Abba and the Greek word that's used there. These are some of the definitions of those words or or the way that, that when this was written when the Bible used the terms father, what it was indicating would be the responsibility or indication that comes along with that person's role. The source, the foundation, the the, the roots. You know, it's always amazing that I think about a tree. How many of y'all had the uh, windstorm knock over a tree or limb near you? Anybody see that? Okay, several hands going up. Lots of limbs down. Uh, and every once in a while, you'd see a tree fall down, right? Well, usually, I mean, because this wasn't like hurricane. This wasn't, um, you know, gale force winds or whatever you'd call it. This wasn't like that level of, of storm. But it was pretty bad winds. Well, for a tree to fall down with 30, 40 mile an hour winds... That tree would not have very good roots. The root system could not be very solid or would have had to have been damaged in some way to cause a tree to fall over. From, from what, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, 100, 200 mile an hour winds, they might knock over just any tree, anything in their way. But I'm talking about 30, 40, 40 mile an hour winds. If it knocks down a pine, you know, the reason pine trees fall a lot, they don't have a very good root system. They grow quick, and they spread out uh, roots that are very shallow, but a solid tree is going to put out roots that are, are, are about four times. Like if you were, to, if I were a tree, and these were my branches, right, all right, and, and my branches came out to here, you would think the roots go out to the branches, right? But the roots actually go out four times further in most trees, than where the branches fall. Because you gotta have a good base. You gotta have a good source. The word progenitor, you know the genes of children, the, the, the bloodline actually comes from the father. Which is why when Jesus was, was birthed, he needed a mother, an earthly mother, but they did not have the S word. I don't know if I got any kids in here, right? Joseph and Mary didn't, didn't you know, you know, what happened? The Holy Spirit came in. He was the seed. God was the seed. The word of God was the seed. Why? So that the father came from, that's how Jesus was all God and all man. Very God and very man. 
Because the progenitor, the father, is the one that supplies that. You may not know your your father, you may not know who he is, but he's still in you. And so there's these things that we have as, 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 as not just fathers, really both parents, but the father being the head of the household is the key or the, the, the standard at which the basis. You know, if, if your house, if the foundation of your house is ruined, they, they, they can uh, um, devalue your home to the point that it may be worth zero dollars because your foundation gets ruined. The state can actually, in some cases, come in and say, this is unlivable because the foundation is ruined. The foundation is so important. How it's built is so important. I know a guy who built a house, and uh, he has a lot of drainage issues around his house. A lot of drainage issues, and there's drainage issues, and uh, he has a crawl space. If you don't know what that means, that means that it's not like a solid pavement like this. The, The foundation is not pavement. It's open underneath the house. And they put blocks all around and at all the crucial points. And that's what the house is built on, on blocks, on cement blocks. Well, when they were building it, they had the option to go one block higher, but they didn't. And because they didn't, the house sits a little too low and they've got all these drainage issues. The way you foundationally build your home, not just literally a home, a structure, but your home that you and your spouse are building, it matters. And what Holy Ghost parents do, what parents decide, you know what, here's what we're going to do with our family, it matters. If you're single today on either spectrum, a grandparent like an older on the older side or the younger side, you're single, you don't have kids yet, or maybe you just got married, let me help you because these things you can start doing now or you can continue to do as a grandparent and set examples for down your lineage. These are things, these principles are not just random things that we do. One of the things that we need to teach our kids, number, I'm not really going to any particular order, so if I say number one, I'm just, it's just the next one, all right? So y'all might have to just help me keep track of my numbers today, all right? Because I've got too many anyways, I won't get through all of them. Okay, number one, teach your children personal responsibility. You're responsible for the things that happen to you. One of the worst things that we can do is teach, teach others, you know, everything is someone else's fault. Everything is someone else's fault. You know, if you, if you look at what the Bible teaches us, it's up to us. The Bible says, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. That's what God said. You draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. And yet all the time, our society is, 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 has conducted this way of thinking that nothing is my fault. Nothing's my fault. And if nothing's my fault, I can blame everybody else, including blaming God. One of the worst things you can teach your kids to do is blame God. It's it's one of the worst things we can teach. You know what the Bible says? In John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. What What does James teach us? Every good gift comes down from the Father above who does not change like shifting shadows. God is good. He gives good gifts. <clears throat> what, what is, uh, uh, Jesus taught his disciples, you have the responsibility to tread on serpents and scorpions, meaning that you have the responsibility 
to defeat the devil, to walk over him, and he sent his disciples out and said, y'all go do it. And they came back and were amazed that everything they set out to do, God did it through them, and every one of their needs was supplied. So what do we have to do? We have to set up a a system in our house, a a personal responsibility. I'm responsible for my prayer life. It's not Netflix's fault. Well, that show was just too good. I, I mean, I had to watch all seven seasons back to back to back. I had to call in sick on Wednesday just to make sure I got through that whole season. Man, it was just too good. No, you've got a responsibility issue. Your, your, your responsibilities are in the wrong priority. I'm not saying I haven't watched any good shows on Netflix. I have. I'm not saying I've never binge watched. I have. But I've worked hard and my wife uh, came alongside me to help me make sure that in our household, our priorities are straight. God first, everything else second. Matthew 6 tells us that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If I want things added to me, if I want things added to my wife, if... I want things added to my kids. It's going to happen because I seek first the kingdom, because I teach them. Now, let me tell you what we're going to do today. We're going to go to church. You know, my kids never say, oh, again. No, I'm not lying. I'm not, I'm not just, let me, let me go and skip to another point. I'm going to come back to this one. We never teach our kids, like we don't live a, a different lifestyle than what we preach. We're, we're the same here that we are at home. I'm not, I'm not fake. That's why I, I told you the story last week that I kind of sort of regret, regrettably tell, told. Uh, but I mean, I'm real. I get upset every once in a while. I got mad. I got mad. But you know what? I'm not too big of a person. I'm not too brawny of a dad to lean down to little Kaylee and say, Kaylee, daddy yelled at you and he shouldn't have. Baby, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. You didn't deserve that. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Little five-year-old Kaylee. Because I'm not going to teach her that that's how we respond to things. You just you yell, and, and I mean, I'm yelling up here because I'm, I'm preaching. But I mean, you don't just, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't teach her that that's how you do, th- you know, you don't go about your day like that. We're not going to respond like that. And when we do, we're going we're gonna to control our emotions. And when I get upset and I do react that way, I control it quickly. I, I, we, we, we whittle it down. We, we deflate. We don't inflate. We're going to deflate the situation, and we're going to get to a constructive way of getting through it. Why? Because I'm teaching them, and if everything, how I respond to everything is different than what I preach on Sunday, then what have I done? I've taught them to live a contradictory lifestyle. And if how you act here on Sunday is different than how you act at home, you're teaching your kids to live that way. So back to my, 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 my point here, uh, um, that I'm teaching them the personal responsibility. So when they see me read the Bible, or I read the Bible to them, or my wife uh, prays with them and reads the Bible, it's not different at home than it is here. You see what I'm saying? It goes together. We're working together. We're building something together that this is, this is who we are. Seek first the kingdom of God. 
We're, we're going to seek, we are going to seek God first and all we do. My kids don't, oh, we got to go to church again. Oh, oh, never. You know why? We make it fun. We make it awesome. Every once in a while, if we do get stuck here, because we, we're, we're, we're ministers, we have a responsibility that, that, that you guys might not. So there are times where we do that. You know what we do? Give them treats, bonuses. And then we make sure they know, this is so key, this has to be one of my points somewhere down here, that everything comes from God. You know why we're getting ice cream tonight, Kaylee? Madison, do you know, do you know who? Because Madison, let me tell you something. Y'all see little, little, little porky Madison? Y'all see her? That's mean, isn't it? She is. She's a little, she's a little, she's a little thick. You know why? She, that girl likes some ice cream. She likes some ice cream. No, he said, nothing's wrong with that. Listen, she loves, she loves some ice cream. She loves some sweets. She'll wake up in the morning. I mean, y'all talk like 6, 30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, daddy. I'm hungry, mommy. Okay, baby, what would you like to eat? Is it too early for M&M's? Like, yes. Like, you can't have M&M's for breakfast. Okay, but what, what you don't realize, we, we, we give our kids M&M's a treat for going, that's a treat for going potty. Well, we're potty training Josh right now, so now we have a plethora of M&M's. And we get the big one from Sam's so that it's a big visual for him. Okay, I go potty. Oh, look, it's, it's a visual. Well, the other two, he, Josh is our youngest. He's the one potty training. Madison and Kaylee, they're already potty trained. They don't need any more M&M's. So here's what she'll say. Seven o'clock in the morning. Well, I went potty yesterday. <laughs> so sometimes what we, what we do, we make things fun. And when we take him to go get ice cream, we take him to go get a treat or whatever, we make sure they know the reason we're able to do this. And we probably haven't been perfect 100% of the time. But as often as we can, we make sure they know, listen, you're getting to do this fun thing today because God loves you. And he blessed mommy and daddy with the money to be able to buy these things and the money to be able to do these things and the time to be able to do it. These are ways that you bring kids up. It's a way that you bring kids up in the things of God. And I didn't pick this up on my own. Like I said, I had great parents that taught me these things. I've also, I, I have a father in the faith. You know what I appreciate, appreciate about Pastor Steve is he has always made clear to me, I'm not your dad. I may be your father in the faith, but I'm not your father. I'll never replace your father. But I've learned things from him as well. So you may learn these things from me, being a spiritual leader in your life. Pick them up. I've done that with Pastor Steve. I've coupled it with things I learned from, from my dad and from my mom and, and, and put them together. And we're building a, a, a home together that I'm responsible for. I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming it on, oh, well, my dad did this or he didn't do that. My household is not his responsibility. It's mine. It's mine. The buck stops with me. And either I can be responsible and say, but see, what happens when I do that, when I lean down to Kaylee like I did the other day and say, daddy shouldn't have done that. Daddy shouldn't have done that. What I'm doing is I'm taking responsibility. She didn't make me, or I think it was actually it was something Madison did or whatever, but I yelled at all of them. Now, I could blame, oh, well, Madison made me yell. No, she did not. No, she did not. Now, I haven't corrected that with the other two, but I've started that with Kaylee. No, Kaylee, Josh didn't make you. You did that. 
You did that. You made a decision to respond to whatever Josh did, and you did that. You did that. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and try to sound like some parental expert because my kids are pretty young. I don't have teenagers yet. Thank God. I'm not doing preteen stuff yet. Thank God. So I don't, I'm not going to pretend to have like a, pretend like I have all the answers because I don't. So let's look at some things that the Bible teaches us. What else do, do, does, does a godly parent do? Well, the first thing that God did with his people, I actually heard, I was listening and preparing this message and, um, uh, he was talking about how God brought the, his people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Everybody know the story? God, God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. He sent Moses in, and he brought them out of Egypt. And he was saying the first thing he did was he provided laws. He provided laws. And, and I thought about that, and this was, I wouldn't tell you his name because I don't want to pretend like I'm going to sound like I know more than he does because it's a well-known guy. But I was thinking, I don't actually agree with that. The first thing, now that, that would be number two, I wrote down, I know I'm not really on number two, whatever point this is, lay, lay down the law is what I said. You got to lay down the law. But number one is provide safety and refuge. Provide safety and refuge. The first thing God did with his people when he brought them out, of, he brought them out of turmoil. He brought them out of bondage. He brought, he provided safety and refuge. And if you look at everything they did, even with all the mistakes they made, the Bible says when they walked for 40 years, their shoes didn't even wear out. Even when they made mistakes, they disobeyed God. Hebrews tells us it was out of their disobedience and lack of faith that they wandered for 40 years. So again, I tell you, oh, that was, that was God's fault. God was trying to punish them. No, he, he was bound by his word and they disobeyed God and put themselves in position for that thing. God's good. And what did he do? Even in all that, kept them, gave them food, everything they needed, kept their clothes, shoes, everything in between. Well, the first thing God did was provide safety and refuge. We need to provide a safe place for our kids and our families. You know, I mean, this is something I've had to work on. It's a safe place for us to talk through stuff. It's a safe place for us to talk through stuff. To, 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 you know what I mean? To, to, to be able to, to talk about things. And then after that, you need to lay down the law. You know, if you don't have rules, what's the point? You know, you can't be afraid of that. Look at what in Proverbs chapter 3. Solomon, who wrote Proverbs, you know, I mean, th this indicates that as he was writing it to his son. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days, here we again see a promise of long life. For length of days and long life and peace... They will be added to you for length of days and long life and peace. They will, what will add to you? Keeping the commandments will add long life. It'll add peace. It'll add. When you say like, like what, what I'm, what I'm, I'm giving you examples today. We go to church. That's what we do. Number one. It's a, it's a place where you get to worship God corporately. 
Yes, you can worship God in your home. Our kids see us do that. Yes, we can praise God at a restaurant and thank him for the, the food he provided us. Yes, we can do all that. But we also come together corporately and do it with each other. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And it's important that I indicate to my children that's what we do. This is what we do. I'm going to lay down the law. This is what we do. I also lay down the law of things we are not going to do. Y'all ever heard that statement? Here's what you're not going to do. Here's what you're not going to do. You're not going to talk to daddy like that. You're not going to. See, here's what you're not going to do. You're not going to say that because, and there might be, my wife does such a good job with this. Like she draws the line way back here. On, on the language, you know? But, but what, what, what I love about my wife is she started that, like, we're not gonna say that, long before we had kids. Long before we had kids. And it wasn't that, I mean, like, I wasn't cussing. Like, I don't, I don't think we have young kids, right? I don't say crap at home. I just said it just now to give you an uh, indication of a word, but like words like that. Oh, that sucks. Don't say that. That will not come out of my mouth at home. Number one, my wife might go off on me. Miss sweet little Natalie? I, well, we don't say stuff like that. She did such a good job. She, I mean, I mean seriously, before, before, when we started, uh, I, I don't remember when it was. I think we had gotten married. But, I mean, again, I don't say that kind of stuff all the time. But I would say, hey, you know, it'd come out. And she's like, you know, you can't say that. I'm like, what's wrong with that? She's like, well, when we have kids, are you going to say that? Do you want our little one-year-old little kids? That would be their first word. No, 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 I don't. No, I, I, think, I think you're right on that one. You have, to, you have to lay down the law. Here's what we're going to do, and here's what we're not going to do. This, this, this is our responsibility to do these things. You know what I want to tell you today? I want to show you something. In Joshua 24, we read this during the baby dedications, but I want to read it again. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. This is verse 14. Joshua 24, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away. Here you see the law being laid down. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Now, this is Joshua talking to God's people. He's reminding them that even though your forefathers served other gods, notice, what are you going to do? Even though across the river, see, we have stories and we have things we all could talk about across the river. We all could talk about before. We all could talk about whatever is across that body of water. But as the saying goes, let the water be under the bridge. And, and build a bridge, go, go over it. Be, be where God's called you to be. And that's what he's telling them. We're going into a land that flows with milk and honey. Are you going to stay over there across the river and serve those gods? Or, or are you going to serve our God? He says it. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, notice this. Choose for yourselves this day. You choose. Choose for yourself this day. Am I going to allow the world to influence my home or am I going to influence the world? Because how much you allow in 
is going to, I mean, it's influence. That's, that's how it works. And so once you allow in, you say, no, 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 the line stops here. And if God deals with you, what's it going to hurt to bring the line back or to adjust the line again and say, no, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not doing that. I, I'm putting up a barrier there. I'm going to have a relationship with so-and-so, but I'm not going to allow them to have any influence. I mean, there, there may be family members. There may be people, people you're surrounded with, and you think, yeah, but I love them, and my kids love them. That's great. But if it's toxic for your house, that is your responsibility, not theirs. Are you going to live across the river, or are you going to the promised land? And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua had a declaration. Number one, he was the leader of the, of the, uh, of the Israelites. He was whom God anointed as a leader, so he was setting the example. Y'all do what you want. I can't force you to do it, but as for me and as for my house, which I am responsible for, there is one God who we will serve, and it's the God who's going to take us to the promised land. It's the God who's going to give us everything that he promised, who doesn't change like shifting shadows, who's good all the time. And I'm telling you, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. That's what, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to serve the Lord. Notice in Acts 10, 34 and 35, I'm going to read from a different translation so it may be slightly different from what you have. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. So as I close, in every nation... He accepts those who fear him and do what is right. You know, there's, there's, there's no favoritism with God. If you go back to verse 34, there, God's no respecter of persons. He, he, he loves you the same way he loves me. And I don't think that, that, I mean, everything that I've outlined today and talked about, th this is a conviction I have of mine. But you determine... For you, we're going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to set. Let God lead you in how you implement the things you need to implement. But I have, I have great news for you. In Philippians chapter 4, it says something so crucial. I can do all things. I, I, I know there are people in this room, because I can sense it by the Spirit. There are people in this room who you feel like a failure as a parent. I'm saying all this not, not to make you feel that way. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm not, I'm not saying this to make you feel like, oh, I've failed. The devil wants you to feel like you failed. Because if you leave here feeling like you failed, then you're going to continue down the road of failure. You're going to continue down the road of thinking, oh, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough dad. I, I can't do all these things. But that's not true because Philippians 4 says, Philippians 4 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
So if I recognize that my strength as a parent is not from me and my wherewithal, but from God, my heavenly father, and he's going to help me do what I can. Oh, I only have my kids every other weekend. You understand. I don't know what's happening. Who cares about your limitations? Does the Bible say that you can only be a, a, a good father or a good parent every? No. It says you have a response. Man, God, in those two or three days I get with my kids, let them be the most fruitful, most anointed, most powerful time that I get with my kids. Let me pour into them everything I can pour into them. Oh, man, I can. You are every time you feel frustrated. I mean, you might need to punch a mirror. And say that thought is leaving in the name of Jesus. I am good enough. I am a good parent. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do this. I can do this. I'm not going to buy the lie. See, I I hate the way the world depicts dads. Let me go back to what I started with. We're the foundation and the roots and the thing. You know, the roots don't yell up at the leaves and say, hey, I'm holding y'all together around here. They just get the job done. They just get the job done. They just down there holding it all together on the ground, getting all the nutrients, all the supply. You know, without roots, a tree can't survive. You don't don't take a picture with the roots. You take a picture with the tree. But underneath that beautiful tree with all that green fruit is a bunch of roots that are holding it all together. And we as fathers, we're the roots. God has called us to be the foundation for our homes, to set the example and say, I don't care what my dad's done. I don't care what everybody else has done. I don't care what my past has been. I don't care about all of those other influences. I am going to serve the Lord and my house is going to serve the Lord. <laughs> 